0: The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is proudly presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, and all of our sponsors. Thank you. LL uh, L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds, bigbarker.com slash Ricky. Adam Kasebe, the official realtor of the, pro- of the process. Touchstone Electric Fireplaces. Go to zerodeadbirds.com. What?
1: When you run through all the sponsors, just a really odd array of, of various businesses.
0: <laughs> yes, I really... I'm so proud. I love them. Uh, by Nature Pet Food. Come on. Slow, slow cooked with super fusion. Uh, GetlitChewy.com with promo code RTRS20 for 20% off your first order. Kinetic Skateboarding, get 9.1% off your first order with promo code Dave Silver And The Colony Meadery, the official gluten-free booze made from honey of the process Without any further ado, Amos is. and the chef. Larry, sweetie, the man is
2: here Say the name, I say the name, I say the name. We will write y'all.
1: What up man oh, up, you're man? there look at the name the display name process <laughs> come on now thanks for doing this man
2: so, of course
1: really appreciate it long yeah. time coming we're happy to have you yeah what took you so long
2: <laughs> i mean we've been asking for years <laughs> uh, you gotta ask jess and, and <laughs> they were supposed to take care of it <laughs> right
0: um, well we're happy to have you on man thank you for uh, for taking the time I imagine like down there you have some free time right I mean what, what's a day like aside from practice
2: um, I mean let's say today uh, was actually a day off um, there's really not much to do uh, you gotta get that every day um, and then other than that Nothing else. Like I it was a day out today I went and I got a pretty good out in. Um other than that, you just stay in your room and uh I mean all I do is play video games anyway. So I'm good. Uh but for the for all the guys I think they have some uh some stuff they can do. Uh I'm
1: gonna start off with a really tough question. I wanna know I'm really getting into it right away. <laughs> Why? Do you sometimes pull your shorts out of your butthole like you're picking a wedgie
2: during your free throw routine? <laughs> finally. Finally someone. Asked. We gotta know. We gotta know. Uh, I mean, it just started as as a joke. Um tennis fan. Um, you know, Nadal, we're fine, Nadal is known mm-hmm. for doing that Then. Uh, I'm a tennis fan. Uh, you know, I like Federer. I like watching the Federer and Adolf, Djokovic, all those guys. So I just felt like, I mean, um, sometimes, you know, we all have those problems and you, know, <laughs> and you feel the need to put your fingers in there just to like pull it out. And sometimes it happens and uh, it just happens to happen. At the free throw, when I'm at the free throw line, so every time I'm at the free throw line, I want to make sure I'm relaxed and I'm as comfortable as possible. Uh, so you just got to pick it up and, yeah. you know, and knock down the free throws.
1: <laughs> you, can't be, you can't be comfortable when you got fabric coming up your butt. You just can't do it.
2: Yeah, you got to be relaxed, especially, you know, when you're in the tie game uh, for quarter, you know, you got to make sure uh, you're locked in and relaxed. That's right. So it's been
0: several years now, and we're wondering if you think at some point Dario Saric is going to come over, and if he does, when that will be?
2: (laughs) Um, I don't know. I mean, we're still waiting. Uh, (laughs) Make his decision soon. Uh, Hopefully, uh, he comes over. Uh, I remember.
1: So you missed you miss your first two seasons. And I, I was just thinking for so long about, like, when it's going to, like, you know, the, the moment that you're going to, like, si- suit up for the Sixers. And it's going to feel so good. I remember I tweeted, one day Joel Embiid will leave the Sixers huddle and turn toward the court instead of the bench. And I remember, like, viscerally thinking about that and how special of a moment that was. And then I think about, I could so easily come to mind, your first bucket in the OKC game, Little high post, fake one way, rise up, bang. And then the same possession. Next play, you block Westbrook's drive. What did that feel like? And what's it like knowing that I'm a 30-year-old man getting emotional thinking about it?
2: (laughs) Well, we all love basketball. I mean, I was emotional. Uh, Even to this day, I'm still emotional. I, I thought... Uh, you know, going into that game or uh, going into that season, I actually thought the reception was uh, kind of going to be awkward because, you know, I had just missed two years. Uh, you know, the city uh, was in need of, you know, someone uh, that could uh, bring back um, my mentality of just winning uh, and just playing hard. And. Uh, you know, I thought um, because I had missed two years, I just thought it was going to be a bunch of booze, uh, which Philly is known for. Uh, so that's what I was expecting. And I got introduced introduce, and, um, you know, there was a lot of cheers and stuff. I was like, surprised. And then I finally get that bucket. Um, uh, like you said, I fade away. And the next play down the court, I blocked block. Uh, West uh, Westbrook. Uh, it was a uh, it was a pretty nice welcome to the league moment. Uh, it was cool. Uh, the cheers. I mean, we the cheers we got. We lost that game, uh, but uh, it was cool. I mean, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Um, I didn't expect it, and from there, you know, the fans, the relationship I've had with the fans, with you guys, has been amazing.
0: You mentioned a welcome to the league moment. You mean a welcome to the league moment for what Russell Westbrook and Steven Adams that <laughs> game. It was, you, you were walking them to the league. Yeah. Well, my, my actual favorite, uh, I sat with a, a friend of Mike in mine, so we were close to the court, and my favorite moment of that game was late in the game, you screaming that Steven Adams was like too small to guard you. <laughs> that was my favorite uh, moment.
2: Uh, I think that was uh, um, around the fourth quarter, Uh, Yeah, game was tight. No, we were down by two, and I hit a couple jumpers. I hit one one of them, um, and I just started feeling myself. I mean, it's my first NBA game, man. I'm over here, you know, in the fourth quarter, already taking over. I didn't expect it. I mean, coming from college, uh, I was never a scorer. Um, I would never score the ball. I was basically... uh, uh, of go go, just get lobs or like, dump off passes and score off of that. Uh, that's the way I played. And then you go through two years, people expect, I mean, people, the notion that people have, like, oh, you missed two years, you've had all this time to just get better and all that stuff, like, is not necessarily true um, because I was not able, in that time, I was not able to practice. Like I was just rehabbing the whole time, the whole time. Even that summer, going into that the the summer going into the season, like I still didn't practice, I still didn't play enough, so I didn't really walk on my game. Like it was just rehab, rehab, rehab for the for the two years, and then you get in the moment where, oh, you finally playing, and you taking the game over in the fourth quarter by scoring a couple points in your first game like it it was cool and from there I just figured um, I could be could be a scorer in this league and uh, and then that was it so you come from you know just starting playing
0: basketball when you're a teenager and now there's before you there's 15 players in the NBA who have their own shoe that's it in the whole league and then you're gonna have yours, the, the Process, which is the perfect name. Is it finally, it's finally coming out, like soon? The next yeah, few months?
2: Yeah, it's coming out soon. Uh, I will say, uh, you know, in uh, you know, the release, we're gonna release it in September, uh, but we're gonna show some previews in the next, you know, two weeks uh, or so, uh, prior to that, maybe. Uh, so I'm excited, I mean, uh, there's only, uh, a couple guys that are in this position uh, to be able to have their own show, And I'm glad, you know, Under Armour gave me this opportunity to trust in me. Uh, and I think we could be doing some good things, especially I'm excited about this year. Uh, we got we got a world chance, I know. Um, I'm sure no one probably talks about us with a 6 seed, but I bet you that none of those teams that want to play us because we... I feel, I've feel always felt like since we got that team, you know, during the season, uh, we struggled a little bit, um, you know, about, you know, just getting to know how to play with each other. But I feel like we're just better suited for the playoffs, um, you know, defensively. Um, you know, we got some guys um, that can guard the ball and I'm behind. Um, we got a bunch of playmakers. We got a... We got some shooters uh we added some new guys uh you know shake was doing great uh alec came in glenn i think they're gonna be big pieces of what we're trying to accomplish um and this is a this is a great time man we got a world chance of making it making it happen and that would just be um that would just be uh exceptional especially for me because you know coming out with the shoe and if we get to win that championship that same year, that would be amazing.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, do you do you start to look at the playoff alignment and, and have a sense of, like, who you want or who you want revenge on a little bit more, whether that's Miami and Jimmy or Boston for 2018 or Toronto for
2: 2019? Doesn't matter. Uh, during the season, uh, it was different. Um, but, you know, we have a good chance of either play uh, one of the two teams uh, you, you just mentioned, uh, either Boston or Miami, um, you know, we, we're good. Uh, I think we're pretty confident in ourselves uh, in uh, making sure we get the job done.
0: would like to see you in a final possession against Miami with Butler on you just take him off the dribble. Like, like I, you and the end of the game with a bucket over Jimmy Butler, I think would be good for Philadelphia.
2: <laughs> Man, uh, that's my guy. Obviously, when we play each other, we're not, we're not friends and stuff. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm trying to uh, kill him. And obviously, he's not guarding me, but I'm trying to do my best to make sure that my team wins. Uh, but there's no hard feelings. Uh, yeah. Uh, we had him and he's my brother um you know like i always say uh we were so close last year uh we had a world chance a lot of things happened Um, um like i i still stand by whatever i've always said um you know wish you know all these guys could have been back you know jj um Jimmy uh, felt like was a good team, but also we also got a pretty good team this year. Uh, and with this group, we can also make it happen. So it doesn't matter uh, if it's in the way or not, uh, we're we going to try to make it happen. How long did
1: it take you to recover from the Kawhi shot going in? Uh, I'm personally still uh, in that recovery period. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or have you not? Have you not recovered yet? Because that's, I mean, I mean, I mean it's, about
2: it now. it's tough to kind of get it out of your mind uh, because the way I looked at it, um, you know, we were so close. Um, yeah, yeah eventual champs. Um, we took them to seven games uh, where I felt like we had the edge. A lot of things didn't happen the way you know it's supposed to. I mean. I got sick and one thing people don't know, um like I live um during the playoffs, like my knee was like like messed up. Like I could not jump, I could not run at all. I was just pushing just to make sure that, you know, I, I give us a world chance of uh, of winning. Uh and you know, just pushing on it. Um but we had a world chance and you you can't forget that shot. Uh, it, it's game seven, and the way the shot went in, and after a couple of bounces, I, I still think it's impossible. Even the other day, with uh, my new teammates, we're talking about it, and they were just like we were just like like it's impossible. Like we were talking about it, and like even in the uh, religion sense, like uh, you think God. Wanted that shot to go in, like it was, <laughs> like it was just like thinking about every scenario possible, and uh, to me, I don't care if it went in. That was just an impossible shot, but yeah, you know, uh, good and f- he walked. <laughs> it, did, it did, but you're not gonna get those calls. No, you're not. The game seven.
0: Um, you uh, you mentioned your uh, relationship with the fans, which. You know, I've lived in Philadelphia my whole life, and there have been certain players who, for one reason or another, just connect, like Iverson connected, you know? And you're one of those guys, right from the beginning, and you mentioned it, connected. Has the last couple of years, where you guys have expe- been expected to be good, and the fans have gotten on you every once in a while, how has that been for you, watching the sort of the the, the relationship sort of flow from you know, all of to now, now we want you to win. How has that been for you from your perspective?
2: It's been fun, I love it. Um, You know, I would not want to be anywhere. Uh, You know, I would not want to be in a city where, you know, people don't come to games. I would not be in a city where people come to games, but they don't actually, um, they're not interested in the game, like they have no knowledge of the game. They just come for the entertainment or just for the fun of it. I, I like passionate. I like passionate people because, you know, if um, the fans, if I know, if I feel like I'm not doing my job and I'm not doing it the way that I know I can or that they know they can't, like I need them to make me feel like you're not doing it because like there's different types of people. Like that's how I get motivated. Uh, You know, this year, we had a couple back and forths with the fans. Uh, You know, I got booed a few times, and guess what? Like, I got booed, and I reacted, and I made plays happen, and, you know, I ended up going back to my ulcer, which was last year. Uh, I was playing last year, so it just motivated me. Uh, You know, uh, if they were quiet and I was not playing well, like, like, he, I don't think he will help me. So I like being in that situation. That's why, like, I feel like the relationship is uh, is different. Like, we understand each other. But then again, if you dish it, you also got to be able to take it. Just like when I shushed them and they were <laughs> crazy, I'm like, well, you went bull me. And yeah. <laughs> I, I decided to react and I shushed you guys. Then... What's the problem then' it's all I did, but at the end of the day it's all love uh, like yeah, there's nothing going on and I just love it. I just love being in a passionate city with passionate fans, people that care about you know us about the game that want us to win um you know and we want to win too
1: i have a it's been a it's been a weird stretch uh since you started since you came to the league and came to the sixers there's been a lot of strange stories that we maybe have never seen before in the league it's been a bunch of just a bunch of weird things and so I'd like to uh do this quick little quiz or not even a quiz of just what you think is weirder I'm going to list two things and you tell me which one you think is weirder and you can if you want to elaborate on it you can (laughs) if you don't want to elaborate on it you don't have to yeah okay number one the Sixers winning 10 games the season before your rookie year Or the current Sixers having a worse road record than the Knicks?
2: I gotta choose between both. Yeah, Yeah, which which one's weirder? Which one's weirder? Which one is weirder? Uh, Probably this year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) should be be this year. (laughs) (laughs) All right, number you can go from. I mean, I'm part of it, but it's just it's just weird. Even thinking about it and we still don't know what was going on uh obviously uh, that's why the other day I was talking to you know Ben I'm like and then I call Patrick Reese um which is the PR I'm like we need some booze in here. Like that's <laughs> what that's what get us going. Like we're in the bubble and when we're home and people start, like fans start booing us, we're like, oh, we got to pick it up. Like it's <laughs> not good. Like we don't want to hear it. So I I got to play hard. I got to make plays. So when we're in the bubble and if we're down or if we're not playing hard, like we need them to put like signs of like booze from Philly fans in uh, here in the bubble, uh, so we can get it going.
1: I think there would be some Sixers fans who would volunteer to just come oh, yeah. down and boo your ass. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: The yeah. Whole game. I would love it. I would love it. <laughs>
1: All right, number, number two, uh, Ben finally shooting a three during a pandemic or starting Greg Monroe in a playoff game last year 12 days after signing with the Sixers.
2: Uh, which one is weirder?
1: Yeah, uh. <laughs> I'll
0: play the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. That's a good question. That's, that's the best answer. Honestly, it's the best answer.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, Zaire's sesame allergy, almost killing him, or uh, Okafor getting in a fight with Celtics fans on the streets of Boston. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this, is <a> <laughs> no. this is fine. <laughs> and then the next question. Oh, where's this going? There's only two more. Okay. Uh, Markel's jumper or Calangelo's burner accounts? No. you can answer that one. You know that one.
2: Yeah, yeah, it has to be uh, calendula right. <laughs> That's right.
1: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one. Uh, which is weirder: you breaking your face on Markel's bad shoulder and having to miss some of the Miami playoff series, then having to wear a Phantom of the Opera mask that you clearly hated and that Justice Winslow then villainously stepped on, or you having gastroenteritis shits so bad in last year's playoff that you missed a game in the Brooklyn series? And we're clearly affected by it in the Toronto series, and also clearly farting around Marcus all the whole time.
2: <laughs> um, probably the second one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I probably I was. Uh, I mean, I was. Uh, I don't know what happened. Like, why I got so sick? Because I never, I never really get sick. Um, especially being one from like, we, we never really get sick. Uh, I, the other day I was actually thinking about it. I'm like, huh, what if the virus actually started last year? <laughs> that's, that's what I have. That's what you got. Yeah. Like, I mean, I remember like. You got to ask before, COVID. That was before game four. Like I couldn't sleep that night. Like I was like sweaty. I was thrown up and all that stuff. Like I didn't sleep at all. And I was on IV, um, uh, you know, the whole night and. And then I ended up playing, but I was like like I it's never happened to me. And yeah, that was definitely that was weird, but but that's definitely the second one. All right. So it's been a been a weird decade. Yeah. <laughs> um you're a
0: speaking of weird, like you're a young player, but the um the amount of teammates that you've had since you got here till now makes you like a vet, right? Like um, do you feel sometimes like with the weirdness and the amount of players that you've gone through that you have been in the league longer than you actually have? Like, do you, do you feel like that that's taken yeah. its toll?
2: Uh, I mean, for sure. Um, you know, if I've had a lot of teammates, especially in my first uh, two years. Uh, mm-hmm. I just saw people coming in and out, uh, you know, Sam Hinkie. Was my it was my guy, but it was just you know it was just basically like a how would I call that like a modeling show where <laughs> go by like one works and then the, the the other is coming. It was uh it was crazy. So I, I I I've I've known a lot of people and I've had a lot of teammates.
0: We take a break from the pod and Mr. And bead. sit uh, right there, Joel. We we know we have limited time, but we have to talk about our presenting sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. Mike, uh, basketball is back. You can the place to bet it is DraftKings Sportsbook. You have it. You have until. Uh, Geez, I think 10 a.m. on Thursday. So not a lot of time to get into our free uh, hostage pool. Just go to the pool section of the DraftKings app and go to NBA Philly pool there, our over under pool. It's free to play, 500 bucks to win. But man, return of basketball, just fucking, they have a special going on right now. All users get a special odds boost for the first three days of the season, bet $20 to win $100 on any team of your choosing. That's right. Any game you want to bet on, you bet 20 bucks, you're, you're, you're getting five to one odds. It's crazy. They are the top rated sports book in the app store. Um, I was looking, you know, the uh, Sixers odds have gotten shorter as, uh, yeah, so they 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 went they opened up at uh, plus 2,800 to win the championship. They're plus 2,000 now. Mm. And they went from plus 900 to win the East to, I think, plus 800 or plus 700. Um So that that's a it was a considerable jump on the championship odds to go from plus twenty eight hundred to plus two thousand. DraftKings is the the place you want to uh, like bet during basketball and baseball. Take advantage of all of the cool promotions they have. Sign up, go to the promotions tab in the app. Um, And if you don't get your bet off before the game starts, it's okay. You can live bet in game, which is really addictive like frighteningly addictive as i found
1: and you might not know how a sixers game is going to go ahead of time but once a game starts you know you know
0: you know i i was texting this this guy i work with does a a podcast called you better you bet uh getting eli and i texted him during a sixers game and i was like they're gonna lose this one and like i like we know. know we know yeah um also obviously great odds great promotions on baseball mma uh soccer all that kind of stuff it is based here in the u.s it is safe so- secure reliable you make a deposit whenever you want you make a withdrawal whenever, whenever you want they are, are our presenting sponsor i love them to death download the DraftKings sportsbook app and use code rtrs when you sign up for a limited time all users get a special odds boost Twenty bucks to win a hundred on the team of your choosing. That's code RTRS and boost your odds. Twenty bucks to win a hundred. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be twenty-one or older. Pennsylvania only. In partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. Other terms and conditions and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. Back
1: to the pod. Uh, you have this reputation as a cocky guy and a guy that likes to stir the shit, and you clearly enjoy that. But to me, you always seem to get happier for your teammates when they do something cool than when you do yourself. Like I think about you strangling TJ after the game winner against the Knicks. Uh, I think about, there's a possession against Toronto a couple years back when you Dario made two blocks in the same possession and you pushed him in the ass on the bench. That was a real favorite of mine. And then obviously tackling Ben when he hit the, uh, the three against our favorite Guangdong Long Lions, Um, which of those things stand out to you and like, talk about what it's like to have those teammates that you've been through the been through like bad years and now like you know successful years with
2: i think it's great man i think it's great to see uh you know guys grow up um uh, you know just become better players i think about tj uh where he came from um uh, you know um uh, you know he was you know basically a nobody and then he's Playing uh, a lot for us, and he's a game winner. And then I'm just, I'm just so happy. I like seeing people succeed. Like I like, especially my teammates. Like I just like, you know, guys, you know, coming out of nowhere, and then they just surprise everybody. And like now, nah, look at T.J. Like he's in a good spot, and he's gonna be in the NBA for a lot, a lot of years. Uh, you know, you think about Ben, uh, everybody else. He's always, you know, try to force him to shoot uh, the ball uh, but I've always told him like you got if you're not comfortable don't do it like you just got to be comfortable and then he finally takes one and then he makes it and and then that gives him uh, a more comfort level and uh, to be able to take like next ones and you know since then he's taken a couple and he's made he's made most of it And that's that's how I started and then you think about what he can accomplish uh, in a few years once he starts knocking those shots uh, regularly, and he just takes him to a different level. So uh, I think, to me, just I like seeing my teammates succeed. Um, you know, especially when people are not expecting it, and it just makes me happy.
0: You know, in the uh the the game that you played uh in the scrimmage has been you mentioned hit took a couple of them, hit the three, and then in the two that you didn't, he didn't. Do you feel like on some level like there is a, a give and take and he's taking them like on some level f- for you, you know?
2: Yeah. Um I mean, not necessarily. Uh you know, uh I I've always thought that for us to win a championship. Uh, you know, when we all play together, we need to help each other. Uh, me, I know what to do to help him. I know when he has the ball in full court, like, he's unstoppable. He's either going to penetrate and get a bucket or he's going to find guys. So, uh, to me, as a basketball player and as someone that really wants to win, I want to make sure everybody around me is also comfortable doing their best to help me win a championship. And by doing that, the way I can help him is, you know, when he's in that situation, I can, you know, space out and give him some space to penetrate and do his thing. And if he doesn't have anything, just be ready to shoot it. Uh, You know, a lot of people always talk about, oh, you spend a lot of time on the perimeter. Like, like, I don't want to. But then again, I know that the notion of us winning a championship uh, is not going to take me, scorn like, 40 points on the block like he's gonna take he's gonna be he's gonna be a team effort so i gotta make sure everybody's comfortable doing so and when we're in situations where you know when we're in the fourth quarter and someone needs to take over that's why i come in but throughout a game you know uh, i gotta do my best uh to help him succeed and he goes the same way and i've always thought that for us to win like once he start, once he starts understanding the spacing and knowing that, you know, when I have the ball on the block and, you know, and to me, like the easy, the, the easier way to get out of double teams is to, you know, just have a, uh, for the guy just spaced on on the perimeter and let me do my thing. And if I get double, I'm just gonna kick it out and just be ready to shoot. Uh, so, He's been doing that, and I'm so I'm so happy that you know he finally now understands, and that I think that's what it takes for us to win a championship. And when you think about it, we've only played. This is what our third year together playing. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people always you know they expect like we've only played for three years, and um, the potential that we have. Uh, and I love him, and I want to be with him. Uh, for the rest of my career, because I think he still has a lot of potential, and me too, like we can get so much better than we are right now. And like, I don't see the point of ever, you know, playing with somebody else. So, you know, that's someone I that would love to be playing with uh, for the rest of my career.
1: Well, I'm emotional now. Okay. Next question uh, You get to the line more than everybody in the league, except for like Giannis and Harden, basically. And way more than anybody else on the Sixers. And a lot of time that's you initiating the contact yourself. Is, is their mindset that you just, you're just you hunting out the foul call or are you just so big and quick that they can't do anything but to foul you?
2: Uh, it goes both ways. Uh, I think the notion of, you know, going to the free throw line is more about basketball IQ. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of guys, I've always asked myself, you know, you got a whip to move. Um, and you got a couple ways to get to the free throw line if you want to. I, like a lot of guys don't use that, and I don't understand why. Um, I mean, if I have an opportunity and a guy is guarding me and I see his hand is literally right in my face, all I'm going to do is just go up and get the contact and try to get the N1. And a lot of people don't do that, which I don't understand, but it's, it's not about being a like, just looking for fouls is just about basketball IQ. It's just about like util- utilizing the game to your advantage, uh, util- utilizing the voice to your advantage. So, uh, uh, so I'm that's what I do. Like I just use uh, my basketball IQ just to like make sure that I either score, or I get fouled. Which if I do to the free throw, line, if I go to the free throw line, I'm uh, right now I, either, I hit about what eighty-one percent. Uh, of my and free- what else do
1: you get to do when you get to the free throw line? Pick so pick your wedges. Yeah, pick my wedges. <laughs> yeah.
2: And- <laughs> so yeah, I mean that's uh I think I think it's more about you know being smarter than everybody else. Uh
0: a couple of uh Orlando bubble questions. The first one, uh your dog is Klaus. Uh we uh we I sent one of the, the our beds, our I dog think beds is, right. for Klaus. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Um so if I if I was away for three months, and hopefully you, you're away for a while, um, the, the thing I would miss my wife, I'd miss my dog. You know, I, I love my dog. What being away, what do you miss most from your your regular life being away in Orlando? Um,
2: I miss obviously my partner, my girl, I miss my dog, I miss my family, uh, you know, the people I'm always around. Um and I miss my bed. I definitely miss my, the food. Uh, <laughs> I guess better food when I'm home over here. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to complain about the food. You know, I grew up from where I'm from. You know, growing up, it's just, it's just different. Uh, but being a seven-footer and trying to eat right and trying to make sure my body stays healthy, this is not the best options for me. Uh, so i've been struggling to eat and uh it sucks but you just gotta do it uh so i think that's what i missed the most i got my video games here uh i had uh you know i have a 80 inch inches tv uh for my video games so that i mean that's really all i need um, beside the fact that i miss all the things I, all the people i just missed them.
0: And then the other thing is, you know, we've all been um, stuck at home for a really long time. If you could pick two teammates, past or present, that you had to be stuck in the same three-bedroom apartment with for four months, who would they be? Two.
2: I'll pick Dario. Nice. If yeah. He's ever coming. If, if ever, he ever gets ever, here. Yeah. <laughs> I'll pick the Second one would be. Um I like I like Carlo Queen. He's extremely funny.
0: Yeah. Nice. He, he seems like a good time. I
2: love I love his energy. Um let me think about the past teammates I've had.
1: I was thinking like a Justin Anderson, maybe?
2: Yeah, Justin. Justin is up there. Yeah, that's probably... I was thinking my choice was between Justin and Kyle, and I was thinking about someone else. Uh, Someone that just... Yeah, probably someone between both of them. What
1: was your... During the three months that the NBA wasn't on, what was your life like? What were you doing? You kind of went dark and just like...
2: I did. I was... uh, I was walking out every about six times a week. I took a, I took a break uh, for a little bit, and then I had uh, my trainer, Drew, uh, handling just come in, and you know for the past two months, uh, we were just walking out about six times a week, just going at it and trying to get better, uh, and uh, I wasn't really focused on Um, My thought wasn't really about, you know, playing this year again. I really had no idea. I was just trying to get better for, you know, for the future. Uh, Just trying to make sure uh, I stay ready and I I stay in shape um, no matter what Uh happened.
0: what do you think it takes there's been a lot of talk during this this break about what a like a force Tobias has been in uniting you guys, and you've always come across as you know sort of like an emotional leader of a team. What do you think it takes to be a leader of a championship team?
2: Um, I don't know. people do it differently. Uh, mm-hmm. You know Tobias is more like a guy that's going to get us together, uh you know, going to dinners and all that stuff um and you know outside of basketball he's gonna get uh everybody together and then me practices on the court uh just by playing hard like me just by playing hard and you know just being vocal uh just talking to my teammates telling them uh what i need from them and you know asking them what what they need from me and just trying to understand the game that wins. just trying to be, just trying to play hard and trying to lead them, uh, you know, by either scoring a lot or, you know, being a base defensively. You are
1: obviously one of the best rim protectors in the league to the point that, you know, people don't really even try to go to the rim when you're there anymore. Um, But at the same time, you look at your, you know, rookie year highlights and you're maybe not, you don't flash that bounciness that you did back then as much. Is that just, you just got bigger and more like able to withstand like NBA physicality or are you just more picking and choosing your spots when you do show that?
2: Uh, I think I'm just picking and choosing my spots. Um, you know, when I got to the league, uh, you know, I I was blocking way more shots than I am now. Uh, but then again, as you get on, and you got a couple years under you, you kind of start to understand NBA basketball. Uh, to me, it's not being a good defender. is not about being a shot blocker, or leading the league in block shots. It's all about, you know, um, I'm sure if you ask my coaches and my teammates or anybody, they will tell you like, I don't like, I don't go for. First of all, people don't go up to me anymore. Like they don't drive to the paint uh when I'm in there so it's already harder to block shots um and when they do uh you know it's just about you know coach always calls that uh a cat and mouse game like you gotta you know pick and choose your moment like you gotta kind of fake it act like you gonna block it or you gotta kind of fake it fake the guard uh making sure that you get your man back into the action if they're coming up for pick and roll, you get your man back into action and buy some time by, you know, just faking and then going back to your man and just playing that two-man game. It's hard, Um, but once you're in it and you've been in the league for a few years, you kind of master it. And I think that's where I've gotten really good at. And that's what makes me uh, a great defender. It's just just about, like I always say, like the IQ, like it's just about... No, and picking your spots. Who
0: would win a game of one-on-one up to eleven by <laughs> ones with threes counting as twos? Yeah. Isaiah Cannon or Hollis Thompson?
2: Isaiah Cannon or Hollis Thompson? I love Hollis. Me too, man. <laughs> Hollis should have. Hollis should have still been in the league. He's yeah, like, I agree. But he embodies three and Ds. That's what the league is about uh, nowadays. I uh, shoot threes and play defense. Uh, I would say. I would say Hollis cause it's bigger. Right, go. That's it. right. That's a real you just
1: settled a real nice bet for yeah. about seven seven <laughs> years of me and Spike getting into fights about that. So thank you. Thank you, <laughs> you for you me you winning that, that
2: bet. What do you think? I well, love I'm Hollis. A, a,
0: we both love Hollis, but I I love Isaiah Cannon. I just love dudes that will that will Pull shoot. Up. That yeah. will pull up. Okay,
2: yeah, yeah, but this yeah. can shoot it too. That's right. He can, but one-on-one. On one. On one. 40%, not, baby. He might not have as good as a, of a handle as there, yeah. but he can get it up.
1: <laughs> uh, I have to ask. So many people want to know. Your pinned tweet is still the Undertaker gif. <laughs> Rising from the coffin at Markel. Is that still up for a reason, or do you just not know how to unpin it? <laughs>
2: I know how to unpaint it. Okay. <laughs> you know, you, you talking to someone that used to be, you know, the king of Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I know how to uh for some reason I it's still long. you know, I still I still love Mark and you know, I still wish that uh you know, we things could have worked out, but I'm also yeah. happy for him. He seemed to be doing great in Orlando. Uh yeah. He stood well, up there. I mean, the only thing I would probably change it is, I don't know, when I win a championship. There we go.
1: Yeah, that's what we needed to hear. Well, so yeah. this, you mentioned this is only your fourth season and Ben's third and you guys together. Uh, Michael Jordan, who you've obviously uh, are a big fan of, uh, didn't win a title until his seventh season playing. Do you ever think about like, you talked about how you guys are going to grow together and keep getting better and hopefully stay with each other your whole careers. Do you ever think about what it's going to feel like when you win one, like all the all the adversity you've been through, and all the all this the team and the city's been through? Like, have you have you in your mind played out what it's like to be on that stage, like holding up the championship trophy?
2: It's hard to play it out uh, until it actually happens. Uh, you know, I always think about it like you win that first championship, and obviously the things that are gonna come back to my mind is you know you know where i'm from uh you know i started playing basketball at 16 and you know i was able to make it to the league three years later and and then you go to you know missing my first two years and i always say like my life is a movie like everything happens so fast from the time i came to the u.s and i started playing basketball and uh, and then I got to the league and Kansas. I go to Kansas. I thought I was going to be there for like five years. I thought I was going to redshirt and. Yeah, uh, dark black bodied you. Yeah, yeah. He dunked on me. I was like, <laughs> oh, this ain't for me. That's physical. And then you get to the league, you miss a lot. Then uh, the first two years and then the last couple of years, I've been great. Uh, just getting better and just. Uh, it's crazy. You can't. Uh, I hope it happens in a few months, um, and I'm going to do my best to make it happen. Uh, But you can't really play it out until you get there. But I'm sure it's going to be emotional, and it's going to be be great. So we have
0: have one more question for you that we ask everybody. But before I do, I just want to let you know that, like, so we started this podcast seven years ago, right at the beginning of all this. And the, uh, the only people who have been here that entire time on the Sixers are Brett Brown and you. And actually we started the podcast before Brett even got here too. So, and, uh, and your journey, like we feel like we've been on it with you and all the like the setbacks and the, the, Mike, and you mentioned the Oklahoma City opener and the pain against Toronto. The reason that we all love you so much is that you've gone through all of this with us at the same time, and you should know that when we do give you shit and you give us shit back and all that kind of stuff, that's it really is what Philly's about, and we truly appreciate you because you've you've been through this. So thank you for thank you for appreciating us for us as, as in Philadelphia for who we are. But thank you for for keep going, and we it, it means a lot to all of us. Thank you. Um, All right, so we do this thing called the jigsaw, and what the jigsaw is, is I give you two options, and they're for the rest of your life, and you have to pick one or the other. Um, They're both bad options, I'm just warning you. Okay. Play. I will play this game.
1: Game I will play this
2: game. I miss you. I will play this game. I'm worried. Play. I will play this game. And after the game they were interviewing him and they said, how does it feel to win the ultimate game? And he said, if it's the ultimate game, why are they playing it again next year?
0: So, (laughs) So the first option is, for the rest of your life, your shoes and socks are always soaking wet, like they've just been dunked in a pool. Um, it won't be like this during a game, but any other time, if you go to dinner, if you go to the mall, your socks are squishy, your sneakers are squishy like they've been dunked in a pool. Or, every drink that you have for the rest of your life is warm. It's not hot, but it will never be cold. You'll never have a cold drink again. So you have Gatorade on the sideline, it's warm. You have a drink at dinner, it's warm, everything's warm. So do you want the wet socks and sneakers? Or the warm beverages.
2: Um, I go with uh, probably the warm beverages.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a good call.
2: <laughs> yeah, you, you, gotta, you gotta go with that. You can't get through with that. But if Flashing you go around, cool and smoking wet all the time. Nah, nah.
0: nah. <laughs> I think that's the right call. Thank you, man. Uh, Good luck. We're uh, we can't be there, obviously, but we're uh, we're all cheering for you guys, and we're thank
1: excited you for you on Saturday. Watching.
2: Thank you, guys.
1: Yeah, thank yeah. you, man. Hey, go bring back a ring.
2: I got you. I'll all try. right. Thanks, Joe. Let's
1: We did it. Wow. All
0: right. There we are, buddy. There it is. Finally happened. Wow. Yeah. Finally happened. There it that is. Joel, Joel Embiid on the Ricky. That was cool, man. That was better than I thought it would be. Yeah, he was cool. He was laid back. He was laid back. I think the uh, the immediate question you asking about picking the wedgie out of his ass, it seemed to it, it seemed to resonate
1: with Do the him. trick. Well, none of those fucking coward beat writers would ask him. No I one mean would they ask. got yeah, no one would ask. I'm the only one brave enough to. Well thank yeah. thank you, Joe, and thanks to his people for uh, for setting it up. That was uh, Yeah. I mean, come on, he's the guy. Like he's yeah. the absolute guy. We dreamt about him before he got here. And then now that it, then when he got here, it was like, "Oh, you're the person we want to build around forever." Um, and so, for him to finally come on the pod, we gave him his goddamn nickname. Yeah. And now he's gonna put it on a friggin' shoe. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we didn't get to that question. So before we before we get going, so speaking of his shoe, uh, the Process One, the Under Armour shoe, we are going to have um, when the shoe comes out. We're gonna be able. to Thank you to Under Armour. Thank you to Joel's people. We're gonna have an an autographed pair of Under Armour Process Ones to give away, um, and a huge like Under Armour prize pack to give away. And I pitch them uh, people in a hundred words or less what the process means to you. So we'll have a giant contest, um, <laughs> uh, to get the autographed uh the autographed uh, Process Ones. So thank you. Yet yeah, like like you mentioned, thank you. It only took. A couple of years (laughs) of asking.
1: I love how seriously he took the Hollis-Isaiah Cannon question. Yeah, I don't think he gave an honest answer, but that's fine. Wow! (laughs) Doesn't even listen to that. It's over, forever. Hollis, 40% every time.
0: It seems sort of fitting that this, that like now was the time, you know, you, we, we were talking, so this became a, uh, a reality about three days ago or something. And, um, you know, uh, what was I going to say? Um, uh, oh, and it seems so and, and Mike, you had mentioned that like, and you know, I thought the same thing that we thought the best way to have, um, Joelle the first time would be to have him uh you know at a live show. Yeah. And uh it's sort of a bummer that he wasn't at a live show. That said, it sort of feels fitting that after like right now, like the fact that he's stuck at Disney World, he's not allowed to leave, like there's no fans. This if it couldn't be a live show, it does seem like this is the most appropriate way to have him on the podcast.
1: Yeah. Very, very insane. I I thought he was I thought he was great, and I yeah, thought that I the agree. stuff that he was saying, stuff he said about Ben, uh, warmed my cold, bitter heart. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, I'm still reeling from it. We had to take a break so you could do a Chuck Klosterman <laughs> book event, but I'm now yeah. back in the in the mindset I was when we just had the interview. So, I mean, come on, they got they. If this doesn't, this doesn't hype you up to, to let this weirdly clunky group of people that may not have liked each other, but now that they're imprisoned together, they do like each other a little bit more. And it's just really, it's good. It's good. Let's win this thing. Uh, do
0: you want to, so I feel like, um, so this will be our last podcast before the, um, before the, the regular season starts, the seeding round on Saturday night. Uh, and by the way, if you want to get that the playoff tie-dye in time for the playoffs, order it by Friday at noon. Um, and if you want the new 10% off promo code, uh, sign up for the newsletter, right? Sariki um, slash newsletter. Hot take. What do you got? Siren behind you. Oh,
1: they're not losing a game in Orlando. <laughs> 8444. Four, four.
0: <laughs> Oh so I, I feel like we have to do a little like like prediction part of this. Like this is so if we didn't have Joel Embiid, the best player on the Sixers, the process um that we gave his nickname to, if we didn't have him on the pod, this would be a pod sort of like looking ahead as to what the um what these eight games and the playoffs were hold. I feel like we have to do some of that. Like I, I feel like we have to Talk about what we think is going to happen. I have some over unders. Like, do you want to do that? I, it feels appropriate to do.
1: Yeah, I have a bunch of notes from the Oklahoma City and Dallas game, but I don't care about them. Right. I'm looking at a bunch of words, and I see little Horford shake, pick, and pop. I see, and that seems yeah. like what a worthless thing to say yeah. after we just had Joe on the pod. Um, yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, why why don't we why don't I'm we? Just, I'm just smiling. I'm just very. Why, I'm just in a very good mood. What a, what a foreign concept.
0: I, I've been assured by the way that he's physically fine. He's now bad.
1: judging I'm, I can I can read you know I, I'm not a doctor, but I can read people's postures on Zoom pretty well, right? And so I think that I think he looks good. I think he's fresh and clean.
0: <laughs> um, why don't we do so we have the over under pool on uh, on Draftkings, um, the five hundred dollars over under pool, which by the way has like seventeen thousand five hundred people. <laughs> in the pool right now. So I'm sorry. There's a lot of people in the pool. I came up with some other over-unders that I could give you and that will cover the, the entirety of the bubble time. So it will cover the, the seeding round and playoffs. And I want you to sort of, and maybe these will spur like some sort of other thoughts you had from watching the two meaningless scrimmage games that didn't even have Embiid in them. Um, total starting lineups. Over under in the play in the playoffs and the seeding round total starting labs for the Sixers over under two point five.
1: Uh I will say over. Mhm. Yeah, I think at the very least you're going to get an Embiid not playing game. Right. And Horford will, and so at at least that banks the like. Well, what if Shake is bad? What if Josh is bad? What if somebody gets hurt? Like, I think I think that's a pretty safe. Safe over on two and a half.
0: Yeah, I, I was coming up with the nor- the starting lineup they have now, the Horford starting lineup for some reason like against Milwaukee or against— like if they're having trouble, that feels like the first move that they make, maybe. I don't know. And yes, and then they, there's the Embiid sits out of game sort of thing. Um, total game-winning shots the Sixers hit. And this is a shot, I would say, in the last 10 seconds to win the game. Over, under, 0.5. Oh,
1: I'll say Over. Oh, yeah. yeah easy okay yeah i feel i feel like it's a it, the the games are going to be strange we already know that like playing in front of no one there's going to be lulls um uh, the sixers are certainly going to be up big in a game and then uh let it totally let that lead totally evaporate and so then someone's going to score something in the at the end of the game and so i feel like I feel like we're due for one at least non-Jimmy Butler, good Sixers, buzzer beater type moment. Maybe Korkmaz at Portland Redux.
0: And the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by the official law firm of the process that is Cornblow and Cornblow and Cornblow.
1: Could I, so during this part of the interview with Joelle, I would estimate, because we had the air conditioning off, I'd estimate Mm -hmm. that I'm very sweaty at this point, like firmly, very sweaty, could I sue you for being too sweaty on the job and injuring myself in some way? why would you I'm
2: equally
0: as sweaty I'm like, um, this is terrible. my wife it, I'm sure is fucking miserable right now. I think asking she, question she, she could sue both of us that's fair. Cornbbla um, is the official law firm of the process, trusted sponsor, first of all, like look. Um Kornblow and Cornblaw Premier Boutique Personal Injury Law Firm in the Delaware Valley 40 years him and his mom and a bunch of other Cornblows have been doing it some of the best medical malpractice uh results in the Delaware Valley but for if you're a Ricky listener if you have any sort of legal question he's your guy uh you know you you're, you have a shitty landlord he's your guy um you know you uh I don't know what other legal thing could you go get into you want to Trademark lick face. He's your guy. Um, if you need any legal advice at all, he is your guy. Um, he's a, a good man. He is part of our community. He's trustworthy. And he has been able to help so many Ricky listeners with so many different things. Um, any lawsuit, especially personal injury, is going to take a long time. You want somebody who's going to be honest and sort of like talk you through it, calm you down. He's he's your dude. Um any sort of personal injury, medical malpractice, injured at work, slip and fall, all that kind of stuff. Uh, if you think you might have a case, give them a call or shoot them an email. It doesn't cost you one thing. 215-576-7200 or cornblow uh, uh, at com. Cornblau Kornblau spelled with a K and the rest. O-R-N-B-L-A-U. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Back to the Ricky. <laughs> Total game-winning shots against the Sixers. Eight. Over under what? Eight. Eight. <laughs> Every
1: time. Over under one point five. Under. Especially. First of all, oh. we're due for. Non- wow, well, you're you're flying high.
0: You're just fucking.
1: Over Ka- Kawhi, we're owed. There's so much goodwill banked after that. Is there, or, or have we earned all the bad, bad will in the no, world? No, 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 no. There's no. It can't get worse than that. It just simply can't. Um, and especially with this team, how big they are, they are more likely, as we know, to blow a lead or just fall asleep and not be there. If they're gonna, if they're gonna exist at the end of a game where they're close, yeah. their end of game defense is long and imposing and, uh, you know, prohibitive. So I think that they. I feel good about saying under. You're fucking just fucking on one. I love it. You're and just he basically committed to playing with Simmons for the rest of his career. And I'm and I think that's a ironclad podcast agreement. So I do feel good about that, yes. He said I love could, him. He said I love we, him.
0: We could throw we could throw this back in his face years from now. If <laughs> yeah, there's nothing he can do.
1: If we throw it back <laughs> in his face, everything has to stay the same.
0: Right. Um over under oh, hold on over under uh total games that the Sixers play that Joel Embiid does not play in. Over under 2.5.
1: Under. He looks fresh. He's got something <laughs> to prove. He looked me in the eye and said that he was gonna try to win a championship and bring one home for us. So I feel not look, man. He caught me on a good day. <laughs> I didn't make him I didn't make him say that much about Shake. No, I could have even say so much more about Shake and Matisse, and I didn't even there, go there. There was
0: almost no Shake stuff in there. Um, he, he meant
1: he brought him up, which was good. I had a bunch of questions we didn't get to because we, uh, uh you know, well, we, it's we, like we wanted to get to the good stuff, but there you couldn't couldn't do everything. There there were a few other things yeah. that I didn't want to ask, but I tried to like in the game of what was weirder. I tried to lump in all the. All those strange things I'd want to ask him about over the years. I I would
0: mention the the YouTube for the what was weirder game uh, yeah. because there's not a lot of answers in there, but visually it does work. Mm-hmm. Uh, it works really well. I you know it's just to go back to the interview or something like there are you sort of go into this thing when you're talking to somebody because somebody asked me um, oh it was Amos that asked me when we talked to Maury. Did you ask him if the Sixers ever talked to him or not? And like, you sort of go into these things and you're like, what am I going to get an answer out of? Like, so I think when we go into the Joel thing, like part of it is we know we have 35 or 40 minutes with him. You know, we know that he's not, you know, if you've heard interviews with him, he's not like super talkative so the the last thing that you want to do is ask him a question that you know is a a throwaway. So part of it is like you want to go in and you, you want him to enjoy himself too. So, so it comes across as something that, that people enjoy. So there are a million questions we could have asked him, um, you know, and I think time and then is he really going to give you the answer that you want anyway? Um, total fourth quarter shots that you would call big shots, by Furkan Korkmaz. <laughs> over, under, 1.5.
1: Now, does he have to make the shot?
0: Yes, yeah, yes. Big makes. Big okay. makes.
1: Big makes. Uh, I'll say over, 1.5. I'll say over. Yeah? Yeah.
0: All right. Um, of the eight, the seating round, um, over, under wins, and this is the DraftKings over, under. Over, under wins, 5.5. K- can I tell you, that schedule comes out and you, everyone looks at it and they're like, easy. And then we jokingly go, we're going to lose all those. And all of a sudden I look at them and now it looks fucking hard. Like somehow it's gotten to the point where Portland looks legit and there's Houston in there and Indiana and we are always played poorly against Orlando and the Spurs have our number. Like all of a sudden it looks hard. Over under five and a half wins of the eight.
1: Uh, I'll say uh, a, a savior wins under. <laughs> A, a, a get the Oklahoma City pick under. You're lucky I didn't ask him about the Oklahoma City pick. It's the most important thing we got right now.
0: Well, we're definitely getting the Oklahoma City pick. Uh, okay. so Ben Simmons shoots one of two from three in the first scrimmage. Mm-hmm. You do a little do, victory lap. I was right. But then, but then does not shoot another three in the next two games. That's right. and i will I will say this is a a, a side thing. It did seem like, Shake also brought the ball up a lot less in the next two games while Mm. Simmons was in there, to my eye. Um, So over under, Ben Simmons made threes in all of the eight seeding games in the playoffs. This was 2.5 in our uh, DraftKings pool. I'm going to raise it to 4.5 over under.
1: Interesting because in in this document that you sent me it says five point five and so it well five point like five seems it like seemed like too much confidence a little bit in yourself what, even
0: well I want to make it a harder question for you and I, I felt like five point five was an easy under for you
1: sure uh this is over the course of everything the whole mm-hmm. Orlando yeah um over four and a half I'll say I'll say no I'm gonna say under I'm gonna say under because I'm gonna hold on to the The slight pessimism about that that i that i feel and that was you know bolstered by the two games of not shooting
0: yeah it's kind of a bummer like you it it brings you back to you can watch the games and then you can go through screenshots and you can go well he didn't really have a chance or he was open at this point he didn't do it but he was the only player aside from norval Pell in those two games that didn't shoot a three mm-hmm. like if you're not shooting one it's because you didn't want to shoot one not because the opportunity didn't come up yeah. certainly in today's nba of course it it did like you know when we talked to joel i i asked him and i knew he wasn't really going to give me an answer it was sort of like i was taking a shot if ben was shooting them for him you know in the same way that joe sort of shoots them for ben on on some level um i i The the team looked so good while they were both in the game in that first game in the first half with Ben in that new role. And then we didn't see so much of it in the next two games. And I'd be lying if if I said it didn't shake me a little bit. It was a little shook on like, oh, are we just doing this to prove that we can and then not actually doing it? Or are we really actually doing it? That was the only thing that went through my mind watching Watching those games. And yeah. I guess I'm just curious if it went through yours. There was one
1: moment in the, I think it probably was the Dallas game, where Horford was post up on the low block and Ben was on the opposite wing with his hands up, ready to shoot, like calling for the ball.
0: I thought it was Tobias posting up, but you, you could be right. It could have been Embiid. Yeah. It could have been Embiid. Yeah. Uh, well, no, it wasn't Embiid. It was Tobias. I said Horford, but- Oh, Horford. Uh, right, 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 Might have been,
1: yeah, might have been Tobias. Yeah. Um Yeah. So I was like, okay, at least there. But it really has to be just a conscious decision of A, you know, letting somebody else bring up the ball, and also B like, you know, spacing the court. Like Joel talking mm-hmm. about, he, you know, and this is a kind of a poignant thing as far as he Joel doesn't like a lot of movement when he's posting. He's like, I can score if I'm here. And if they double, I want to know exactly where everyone else is. And they're space the floor, they're all over. So people can't cover, you know, the same. Two players at once. Mm-hmm. Um and so Ben needs to be one of those guys.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: so yeah, so I feel I feel like he's just gotta willingly choose to space the floor. And if he doesn't, then he's not he's not gonna just find himself doing it. It has to be like, okay, I'm here. I'm here, and the ball gets swung to me, I'm o- I'm open, I'm taking.
0: Um and, and and I guess, you know, like AU is working on a um a final, uh, like a predictions article for team writes to Ricky Sanchez. It is fucking cool to see all the people we have um, as part of our thing and that can make predictions. I'm most looking forward to Abby's who doesn't like sports. Um, I, I guess, what do you think is going to happen?
1: Um, for the next maybe 16 hours, I think they're going to win a, uh, the championship. Okay. I, the glow is not going to leave for a little bit, but then it, they're going to have a you know a 12 point first quarter on Saturday. It's going to be like all right, that was fun. But I believe I be- I believe in I've always believed in the possibilities. I believe in how much uh, shake is just automatic. I think by enough of the bench guys that are capable here and there. You know, like Matisse had a couple really nice moments, and then was kind of sloppy and useless a little bit. Um, Alec Burks was certainly scoring in bunches against Dallas mm-hmm. um, I thought Glenn Robinson looked great in that first game um, Korkma is useful when he is like there's enough guys of, like you can there's you really only need three legitimate bench guys Horford I think you know especially when he was shooting as well as he was is, is one and so you really need two of them and they don't have two like automatic yes that guy's definitely in there but they have like six maybes which is more than they had last year, um, and so I I believe in scrounging up enough of rotational minutes out of those six guys to fill those like two slots, and so I I I do generally feel good about this team. I think when they're locked in, they look great, um, but they are they still lack a lot of ball handling at times and a little a little less shooting than you want at times uh and we talked about last last podcast about josh richardson being a a trade target for a guy that would is just more willing to shoot right away or dribble right away if you're like a you know something something in the if it's a if it's a package with a horford in the future but for now we have who we have and so you just need those guys to be willing to shoot right away and are they comfortable with it no but i think they still have enough to to make it a game and it's gonna it always comes down to, to joe
0: So I, uh, it's going to be more negative than most people want, but more positive than most people expect with me and and the team. Like, I don't know when they're going to lose. Like, I don't know whether it's going to be in the second round. I don't know whether it's going to be in the conference finals. I think they likely, I'm a little bit nervous about a Boston first round matchup, but pretty sure they would beat Miami or Indiana without... Like much issue, actually. I feel like um, we fucking
1: sweep Boston.
0: I don't. I, I maybe we do. I don't even fucking know. It's been half a year since we've seen any of the teams play, so I don't. I just. I don't really know. But here's here's what I will say, is that like I think if we can get through one round and get to a second round, what will come of this is sort of like a framework for the future. In that. I think like Horford ends up traded and I think Josh ends up traded. But like I don't think either of those guys is a key to this team moving forward. I I, I appreciate what they both have. Um I, I actually think you can get a taker for, for Horford. I don't I don't think you can with Tobias. I think Tobias can stick on this team fine. Uh he's obviously overpaid, but he can stick on this team fine. I think like at the end of this, what we'll find is that like Shake Milton is whether he is the guy that starts or not will be like a rotation player, a creator, a shooter, exactly what we need. Whether he's the 6 man or the starter when they get a another point. I don't know. Totally. I think I think Korkmaz is like a legitimate rotation player. Like I, I really do. I yeah. think he's a, a rotation player. That's um I think Thibel, like, is obviously a rotation player. I think like I think people got a little ahead of themselves on like what he is now. Sure. Um, and I'm a little worried about him offensively, especially with his age, but like there's that's something it. there.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. So and I that, think, and, that, and you, and you've already named, you know, the main three guys. Yep. Plus whoever we get in the Horford to uh, Josh situation. Right. And then three young cost controlled Corkman's maybe not as cost controlled, depending on what happens with the option that they didn't pick up. Um, but enough guys that it's like, that's, starting to be something. Like that's starting to add up into like a real easy rotation that you can fill out with other useful players.
0: And then whoever ends up, I don't think Brett will be here next year. So like whatever ends up being, I still am amazingly suspect of the front office, amazingly suspect of ownership, all those things. Yeah. But like, I do think that if he, if they can commit to, if Ben can commit to having somebody bring the ball up the floor and, and allow the team to commit to having another creator and shooter on the floor who can have the ball at the end of the game, whether that look shake can start with another guard next year. If Josh Richardson is not here, Yeah, that right. Be, like, that should be the case, you know? So um, I, I think they will come out of this year, at least from a, a player personnel standpoint. I hope they come out with like a deep breath. And, and that's what I think they will come out with, is like, wow, Shake Mountain can play. Furkan Korkmaz can play. He's not perfect, but he can play. Uh, Simmons is willing to sacrifice a little bit here. And like, and Embiid is still Embiid. And Tobias Harris is Tobias Harris. And like, you know, if, if what it will come down to is it always comes down in the future is Embiid or Simmons still has to just be a guy that can win a championship for you. That's it. That's like full stop. They're not getting another guy who can do that. Um, but I, I believe that they will have a framework to which they could create an infrastructure in into where if one of those players is capable of doing it, it is possible. And that's my... It's like sort of a half-assed prediction, but that is, I think, an optimistic look at it.
1: No, I, I I agree, and I do think it's optimistic for you. I think there's a... Um, they clearly... the. The, this past off season was not like a, you know, rousing success for them, um, but they have enough pieces where they still are in a good enough shape, where surrounding surrounding Ben Joel and Tobias and the rotation players you already named, with other guys who are just quicker shots and mm-hmm. a little more capable, playable ball handling, that it's like that's a team, like and and whether that means all right, with Brett, they're just not gonna hit that ceiling, but that's certainly all of the makings of a perennial championship contender. Um, so maybe maybe that means Brett's not the guy in this situation. Okay, um, we'll see how this goes. This is a really weird um, uh, canvas to evaluate. Mm-hmm. Like, should we fire a coach? But I think you have seen enough. But if, if, if there's a if there's a way to go, like, well if they make a run to the conference finals then let's run it back in in whatever form we can with a couple upgrades here and there and and, and finally allow some level of continuity with this team it, it, at the very least there're still going to be like five six core players rotation players that have that are going to like spend more time building around each other um, and they're still young there's still a lot of young guys in this team and the window closes faster than you wanted to but i i feel very good long term, very good for another 16 hours about Orlando with Embiid. Um, and like I think I'm in the same boat with you as far as the front office and ownership go because yeah. they've they haven't they've proven uh, themselves at like moments, they haven't been all zeros, but certainly a lot of well, a lot of question marks.
0: You know, one of the things that Maury said when we had Maury on the pod is that, like, he believed that Sam would have been, like, aggressive, 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 get, 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 get. Which is what and they I, did to some extent. Right. And, and I had some people say, well, like, well, this justifies what they did. And I'm like, well, not, not really. Like, it justifies the idea of what they did. But it right. doesn't justify exactly what they did. And if you listen, Maury talks about doing it for a – Maury made, like, a kawaii – Maury talked about doing it for a one-year rental, like
1: he like well jimmy also was that
0: yeah sure yeah um i i just think like um just because more i think he would have gone all in like doesn't mean that he would have traded of course two picks and chamet for tobias so um do you want to do a couple of mailbag questions you want to get out of here what do you want to do i i feel I, like we're never
1: i'm ready to to sort of coast on on the mb win i will say just okay. a lot to, to follow up your last point like yeah. I don't think that the fatal flaw in this organization was the Jimmy trade. And I don't think that the fatal flaw in this yeah. organization was the Tobias trade. I think it was Markel. Like, and I don't disagree with them doing it. Cause again, I thought he was the guy. Um, and you can tell even for MB, like it still feels like raw to him <laughs> like that. It didn't work out because we all just thought it was like, this is it. Here we go. We're going with these guys. And for it to not happen, um, the way it, the way it happened just set us back in such a, profound way and i think that they rebounded with the uh, with the jimmy and tobias things as they co- as they could and jimmy didn't want to sign here and be you know off ball a lot of the time with ben It, it it's not a tenable situation um i think tobias is overpaid but mostly fits in pretty good um, you can't just construct a team like in a lab with all the perfect things i think you, you do what you can and i think he's a, i think he's a really good player and a really good leader and a locker room guy and has improved his defense to where he's very playable on that side, um, but I think the the thing that you that you miss is is just like how, mu- how much time and um, resources you've spent on Markel, which was a, just a total zero, um, and I mm-hmm. feel bad about it. I think that's the thing with being a Sixers fan, right? It's like every step of the way, it's like there's this very special thing that you have that you feel like we're a unique team in the, in the league. And, and if they, if this thing works out, then they can't stop us. And then you carry the like total weight of all the things that didn't work out and the things that were frustrating and the, and the, and the almosts, you know? And so mm-hmm. I think that's just like such a part of this fan base is like, at the same time, you can hold the, holy shit, it seems like Embiid Simmons really are, are, like each other and want to play and want to be with each other more than they ever had and then at the same time it's like markel and jimmy and the you know bad draft picks that they made. possession <laughs> like those things are always like and maybe it's me or something but i feel like the fan base carries it all with us like at the same time i feel like that's what makes being a sixers fan uh incredibly frustrating and unique
0: You know, I'm going to have to force you. They're both going to be short, but I feel like there are two very important questions I have to ask you from the mailbag. I I just, I'm going to have to ask you to, to give me, give me this leeway to ask you these questions. Both quick. All right. The first one comes from Bob. Uh, Lorenzo Brown mailbag sent us a, an email. Writes to Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. By the way, thank you to everybody over this. Like this is the the last pod we're doing before they start again. Thank you. The, the number of emails we've got is fucking insane over this time. And one time during the next offseason, we'll catch up on all of them. Uh, this comes from Bob. For the return of the Sixers this weekend, plus uh, losing, for losing 30 pounds since quarantine started on March 12th, I'm going to make a, quote, special sandwich. I'm told, I've been told it's the best thing we got on the street. I've, been to go- begin to, I've begun to Google uh, where to order my ingredients, but I've asked myself this question in the process. What is an original stromboli? A, a just cheese,
1: B, pepperoni and cheese, or C, other? Oh, weird! Embiid's still there. He's listening to this whole thing. He's, like, <laughs> he's hearing this whole Stromboli conversation. Wow!
0: <laughs> he didn't hang on long enough. If, if he'd only hung on. What? It, to me, an original Stromboli is cheese and sauce.
1: I, that's what it, I think so. Right? That's
0: an original Stromboli. It's like a pizza.
1: That's how I see a Stromboli, but I don't consider myself a Stromboli expert.
0: Yeah, and finally, this is from Liz. Hi Spike and Mike, love the pod. Thanks for keeping it up uh, during these bizarre times. I love all the guests that've been on. My question, my basketball question, is for Mike. Congratulations, you've just won an all-expenses-paid trip for four to an island in the Caribbean. After careful, careful deliberation, you've locked in your crew, including yourself. You decide to take Shake Milton, LL Pavorsky, and your dad. Hmm. You're a little nervous at first because none of you have ever really spent time together as, together as a group. <laughs> you don't know that. But, at, yeah, but after a few Bloody Marys at the airport, it's like your old friends. Once you've been in the sky for a few hours, the pilot makes a sudden announcement that you're about to hit severe turbulence. The rest is a blur. The four of you wake up on a deserted island, the only survivors of a plane crash. You're in disbelief. Once you're over the initial shock, you begin to explore the island, but unfortunately you find nothing. The days begin to blend together. You think you've been stranded for weeks now, maybe months. You've managed to collect small amounts of fresh water you find on leaves uh, and have been eating grubs you find under dead tree branches, but it's not enough. You forget what it's like to feel full. One morning you look over at Shake, LL, and your dad. You begin to think things you've never thought you'd think. You need to eat one of them to survive. Begin mm-hmm. <laughs> Between Sheikh, Ella Pavorsky and your dad, who would you eat to survive? Uh, uh, just two qualifiers. Mike cannot take the easy way out and eat himself.
1: A very uh, easy way out,
0: yeah. Yeah, and assume once... What- <laughs> <laughs> Once you ate the person, you would be rescued soon after. Mm. Love always, Liz.
1: It a fun hypothetical. So yep. find out who I would be in the lost simulation with, of course, my dad, my sponsor, and favorite sixer. Um, <laughs> eating Shake is untenable because he's uh, sinewy. Yeah. So it would have to be... One of LL or my dad, who are both other figures to me. My, eating my dad is a little odd. In one way, it's good because it's familiar, and so I'm at least eating my heritage. Um, but on the other hand, is it like a, you know forcing a chicken to eat itself or eat <laughs> other chickens, which is very odd. And so right. I don't know about that. Um, I, m- I might go LL. He seems like he's a good-tasting guy. He smells good all the time. There's um, just more meat on the bone. Dad's so scrawny. Yeah. I, I, you know, I probably eat LL. I, I don't. I hope he doesn't get offended by that. I uh, hope he takes it as a compliment. Um, although, as far as like if we need to stay on an island, my dad and I are both pretty useless. So maybe LL has more skills. Hmm. So I'm not sure. How about you? Yeah, I don't know. I eat LL. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I need a little shake, you know, like shake is skinny, but he's, he, he works out. Like, I, I feel like that
1: <laughs> there's, there's food there. Sure. So he's yeah. tall. Yep. Um, all right. Well, and we what, will and, talk. and what a good way to end uh, best, yeah, the best, the pod- most important podcast we've ever done. That's
0: yep. Cool. Uh, We will talk to you on Sunday after a Sixers game that counts officially in some weird way. I told you we would make it. I I fucking told you.
1: I can't can't believe we're back. I feel good about it and also very conflicted because of the state of the world and watching baseball fall apart. But, you know, absolute uh, impressive display by the NBA of showing how to hold this pretty safely, it seems. Um, Long way to go, but... uh, yeah, I just wish we weren't in a pandemic. I really, w- I really wish it.
0: Well, we we all we all wish, but uh, this will be a uh, respite. So I, I thank the NBA for doing what they've done. So, um, um,
2: if you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you if don't, you don't fuck, fuck with me, <laughs> then I won't fuck with you.
1: Will you? <laughs> If you don't fuck with me, then I, then won't, I won't fuck, fuck with
2: you. you. If you don't fuck with me, then, then I, will, I, won't I won't fuck, fuck you. with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! That's a plan